everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Kashras, presented by the Kashras Awareness Project in conjunction with Torah Anytime. Today I am privileged to be joined by Rav Tzvi Ortner, Rav of Linas HaTzedek in Brooklyn, and Director of the Technology Department at the OU. Thank you, Rabbi Ortner, for being here. My pleasure. Now, last week we spoke about refrigerators. This week we're going to be speaking about ovens. But what are the typical concerns and what are your solutions? Good. So the basis are basically the same, right? The only thing is that what we're saying about defrost when we talk about right. you know, in, the, in the refrigerators here, we talk, fi- we talk about fire, fire all the time. And again, fire you talk about when you talk about gas, or you talk about electricity, it's like a chalash and matras, according to most of the post it's considered the same kind of fire. So there's no difference between a gas oven or electric oven. Mm-hmm. They all considered logically the same, which you're actually dealing with fire, like they say. So it's the raisa. So that makes all the conversation already much of a higher level, mm-hmm. you know, from a logic perspective. On a customer level, you know, a refrigerator is something you have to use. An mm-hmm. oven. You can maybe get around, maybe around, around it. it. But, you know, people like it. It's very popular in America to use the ovens. So we have basically the same thing. The old oven that the post talking about many years ago talks about, again, a mechanical thermostat that turns on the fire, which you're not sure, opening, closing, whatever the case is. You can get into self-exploration, I can tell you that the the sack was the cooler, and I think it was much more humor than the refrigerators. But there was some may kill him here and there. Again, and people would only open up the oven if the if the fire was on. So that gets a bit more complicated because you can't really know. There used to be, and there is still some models out there that the indicator light is actually telling you when the element is on. Mm-hmm. Or in some gas ovens, you can actually look to look the, in, right? Right. But an electric oven, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't see anything. So, on some of them, you can still do like kind of the old custom, and you can try to figure out when the fire is on to open it up. But on the other hand, what we got is besides. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes. We're assuming that there's no light that's turning on, right? So I was about to say that there is oh. light. Oh, okay. Number one, more than the light, there is sensors, obviously, and then we also have something that became very popular recently: is for some safety or efficiency or you name it. They have a rule that whenever you open the door, even if the element is on, it's going to turn off the fire immediately. For security reasons, whatever, whatever the it is, reasons, whatever right. the reason is. Which become very popular, which means uh-huh. even if you can open the door when the fire is on, on you're going to turn it. Gonna, exactly. So it's machaba. And when you close the door, you're actually going to turn it on. <laughs> okay. yeah. So again, you can walk maybe, you can find this switch and you can put a little cover on it. Uh-huh. You can deal with it maybe. So again, like I said before, all you have to know is you have to know what's the problem, what the problem are and see what kind of solution you want to you accept. What mm-hmm. we did in our solution over here when it comes to ovens, gas ovens like this is over here, and recently we were able to accomplish with the wall ovens the same, is we, again, taking care of 100% and we actually automating the entire H heat element system to be automated. We cut off so there's no, this feature that turns off the fire when you open and close the door deactivated it's not happening which was a big deal but that's me. interesting so that means with your system the the oven is not working on the thermostat at all it's just it's going on and off automatically kind of it's pre-programmed there's like three settings that we pre-programmed and we decided before showers what program to on that's basically what it is i'm curious the, on a technical level how does the oven maintain the proper temperature if, if it's not uh, working off of a thermostat right so that's where field tests and many tests are being involved and i can tell you that in the beginning it was not too hot uh-huh. Then we came already out to the market and we increased for the next generation. Mm-hmm. And we increased for the third time and now with the recent wall oven, which is actually the big news to the customer, we have actually two options. Because it's not so much thermostat based, 
it could be, believe it or not, that the electric flow to your house will affect the level of the fire. Oh, really? So you're not going to get cooler or hotter. Mm -hmm. So we created two type two levels. So if a person sees for the first few weeks that it's too cold for him, we can use this different oh, setting. Interesting. Which is, yeah, on Shabbos it's actually not um, thermostat based. Right. We have some kind of a thermostat in there just for safety purposes if it's getting too hot, you know, for, for kind right. of scona. Right. But the actual operation is, is definitely closed loop, as they call it. Mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no thermostat involved whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And the same is, goes a full deactivation to the buttons, full deactivation to the sensors, full de mm -hmm. deactivation to the feature that, you know, closing and opening the fire, which gives you a full 100% solution for Shabbos. And again, like I asked with regard to refrigerators, with these ovens, um, the Shabbos keeper could be applied even after you, you have an oven installed in your house. Must you buy it with that in, in place? What, what's cool. that like? So you can do the same. You can buy it as a plug and play, the same concept. I by will way, say, this, are these are these uh, Shabbos keepers installable by yourself, or do you have to have a, a professional come and do no, it? No, it's simple. It's a plug and play. You have a little wire over here. That just show, show people what it looks like. Right, it's a little wire over here. So like, this looks like an Ethernet uh, cord. Kind of, yeah. Right, it's like an Alger four or five a cable that cable. gets into a port in the back of your oven. So you can oh, okay. see the pictures over here. Okay. Right to the back of your oven over here. Pretty simple installation, uh, good um, instructions over here. It takes you five, six minutes, it should be set and up. That's the whole entire, thing. The whole and, thing. You, and you leave that in? I would say yeah. that on the wall ovens, because it's kind of built in, and the port is actually located in the back of the oven, you might expect a little bit hard time. So if you Because you won't it, be able to get to it. Right. So if, if, if you just bought it and you're installing it now, it's on a bomb whatsoever, it might be a bit more complicated if uh -huh. you have already a wall oven. But it's workable. It's doable. Mm -hmm. Now, is that something that you, once you plug it in, you leave it in the whole week, or do you yes. you deactivate it for during the week? No, so that's the beauty part of the automation that we have here. We have a built-in Jewish calendar for the next 30 years. So it knows to only kick in for Shabbos, Shabbos and Yom Tov. <laughs> How many years is the calendar? 30 years. 30 years? Yes, I can okay, promise so you the appliance will survive We have to have you long. come back here in 30 years <laughs> and we'll... Uh, <laughs> so I can tell you the plies will survive that long, but, uh -huh. but the calendar is over here. I wouldn't say there's a little, little difference between the refrigerators and the ovens. The refrigerator is actually kicking automatically every Shabbos, actually 90 minutes before Shkir for early Shabbos and stuff oh, like really? that. <laughs> and then goes all the way to 90 minutes after, after Shkir to cover all the shit when uh -huh. it comes to it. And ovens, because of the safety issue of just standing on a fire with no supervision, let's say you're right. on vacation, so you have to accept. So every before Shabbos is going to give you like a little pump and mm -hmm. you're going to have to accept. It should go into Shabbos more than actually walk on Shabbos because they don't want you to... You mean if you're away, they don't want right. your oven to be going off for no exactly. reason? Right. Is that it? Yes. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. So that's another uh, fa really fascinating details. Um, we did refrigerators, we did ovens. What, what else should we know about? So I will elaborate a little bit more on ovens that when it comes to Yom Tov, we did implement it over here, different scheduling for cooking. Mm -hmm. So on Shabbos, it's simple. Just keep warm. Right. And some people want to cook. Want to cook, actually. So what we have over here is actually uh, different cooking windows, which means around the mealtime, it's just going to go by itself up to 350. So you can actually cook in the oven. I, I'm just curious, how do you know when people are eating their sudas? So or it's is a, it just the no, no, it's a challenge. It's a very good question. And I can tell you it's one of the things that we need to fix. <laughs> Because okay. we had some assumptions that might not gonna fit for everybody, right. not for every Some people tough. eat early, some people eat exactly. late. So we <laughs> had a certain schedule that we thought is gonna be, it's gonna fit a lot of people. Uh, it could be a risk, but there's definitely some people that are not so happy about it. 
and there so is you, you, do you have plans to actually sell different models with different time frames so we actually what we want to work is a, and be able to be flexible and set your own time schedule oh, okay right. almost like a shabbos clock like kind you of set it. right right so mm -hmm. that that's something that which in, in that the you're work, working on yes and you know just very for, interesting that that's one that's one part that actually not so much about shabbos and yamtiv right. it's about delivering a solution that not only 100% allocally correct, but also comfortable convenient, and convenient, right, convenient for the people. At the same time, we'll go back to the refrigerator and say that another chiddush that we have over here on a regular Shabbos mode, your light is off. Right. Here, the light is on, the entire Shabbos. Oh wow! Just on a low capacitor, so it doesn't it doesn't affect the electric, you know, efficiency uh -huh. and stuff like that. But that's interesting. The light could be on because because it's all automated, so you're not triggering it exactly. basically. Which also shows a difference, you know, when you deal with engineers and you deal with Agori and you try to explain what Shabbos is all about, we had to flip their mindset because their mindset says, whatever I see is a problem. So I got to have the screenshot, the lights light on. Light has to be off. Exactly. And, and you have to explain to them that, no, there's no problem if the light is on as long as, as you weren't the one doing anything. who turned it on. On the other hand, they felt anything behind the scenes, what do you care about? You uh -huh. know what I mean? uh -huh. So we had to flip and say, let's just make sure we're not affecting anything internally. And then whatever displays, no problem. You can display the screen technically. You can display the light as long as you're not affecting it. I, I find that, that insight fascinating because we, even, even the layman who's not sitting and learning halacha, this is Aleph based to him. He knows that there's halacha and it's not what you see. It's what you're doing um, that matters. And this is something that even a, a cheder child would know because right. we, we raise them that way. And yet someone who's not familiar with that will, to them, will be a chiddush, which is just exactly. uh, really uh, so enlightening. What else do you have to share with us on, on appliances, small appliances, big appliances? So going forward, the same conversation can go on. If you, we, we, could, we talk about small appliances, you know, on Yom Tov, for example, adding water to the water hot urn. water urn, okay. uh, which used to be in the old time not an issue. The same like the old time uh, hot water heater wasn't an issue because there was a pilot, there was an existing fire, you're just rather increasing it or causing it to work longer or stuff like that, which all of that is changed today. Mm -hmm. Everything goes by thermostat. The fire is actually off. And sometimes you have digital view, screens, the right? Digital screens, all of that stuff. So we do some work on that also. We're trying to automate the most we can and still you know, get, get the water to the temperature we want, but without affecting anything on it, mm -hmm. which is a bit easier on Yom Tov because the issue is not so much causing fire, it's just causing a new fire. Mm -hmm. So what we try to regulate and automate is actually the fire should never turn on based on our action. Uh -huh. And the different details we can work out differently. So this is one example of something that people should think about it. Right. You're adding water on, on Yom Tov, whether there's anything you have to be concerned about the thermostat, about the light, about mm -hmm. the, the screens, and, and different sensors that you have today. For example, you can empty your, um, your water urn on Yom Tov, and you're not realizing that technically there's a level sensor over there that's mm -hmm. going to shut off right. the machine. So there's different things that people just have to think about, and they make their own decision, whatever they want to do, and how to deal with that. But what was very important, actually, something that this is basically your project all about, is educate the people to have the knowledge. So we're not telling them what a decision to do, the decision should be based on knowledge, mm -hmm. not, be, not mm -hmm. based informing, on assumptions. Informing people. Exactly. Now, with these urns, I'm just curious, do, does someone need to purchase a special Zman-designed urn, or is there also a plug-and-play type of system that you have, like you do for refrigerators and ovens? All right, so this, this is, is it's, not a, it's not a GE product, it's not a Zman project. There's different uh, um, um, companies out there. Shabbos Motor Urns. Shabbos Motor Urns. And uh -huh. again, it's going to be different levels. 
There's those levels mm -hmm. that are just going to deactivate some buttons. There's levels that's going to automate everything. There's levels that's going to do you know different things. So whenever you buy and you see something again, like the same like we said before, it's not just because somebody said so or, or somebody is writing something. Mm -hmm. It's just about the consumer to actually make their um, work and homework, I would say, and then see what are they getting and how it works. And again, mm -hmm. you can always reach out. And we, what we do here in the OU, we try to help. Before we uh, wrap up, I wanted to uh, backpedal to something related to fridge and freezers that I neglected to ask, and that is ice makers. Um, it, what, what, do you, what information could you provide on that with regard to your product, or, or is it unrelated to, to using that on Chavez? Right, so it's a very good question. Yes, we should, we should elaborate about So there's three types of ice makers available today. Um, there's kind of very mechanical ice makers that there's no major concerns. In other words, there's like a little a little metal over there that's sure, like a little a metal bar that comes yes, down. Which is basically right. very mechanical and very simple and that should not have any issue on Shabbos. Even then, though when you take ice out you're technically causing the level to go down. Okay. And you're being garum So you're making ice of Shabbos, which making is the question Shabbos. whether ice is being made by itself on Shabbos, whether it's a shallow noilad, shallow there's Neulid, a whole right. different conversation that yeah, I think the acceptable sake that which is okay, but again Mm -hmm. It's a it's question, ask you of whether you're allowed to use ice that's being done by itself on Shabbos, mm -hmm. whether it's noted or not. But in terms of the mechanism, you're not doing anything, actually. Then we, we have the general digital ice maker, which involves the same component as everything that we talk about in refrigeration. In other words, there are sensors, there's a, there's a sensor for the level, there's a sensor mm -hmm. for the amount, there's a sensor that makes the ice, which means every time you take out the ice. You're triggering the sensor. You're triggering the sensor to fill up again or to at least give the information what the level is and what we, what we need to do and such and such. The same like everything else which is much of a bigger problem. Again, something that you have to discuss because it could be a gum or it could be something that's not happening too often. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely sensors and then some electricity being involved based on your usage taking out the ice. And I'm talking about taking out the ice just not even if you're taking it from the regular uh, dispenser, which is definitely digital in mm -hmm. those models. Even if you want to pull reach around. some reach around from the door and you know take out some ice, um, this definitely could be the same issue because you're affecting the level of the ice right, and then right. again the entire system. Now, there's another type of ice making, which is a bigger problem, is in, in the most you know more fancy refrigerators, you're gonna have this bucket of ice sitting in your fridge. Now, usually, I hope um, you know, people understand what I'm trying to explain, but usually you have the fridge and the entire ice maker is built into the door. Mm -hmm. Now, my question is if I'm taking some ice from inside. Now, in the fancy refrigerators, the bucket of ice is actually placed on the shelf. So you can just easily take out the ice, whatever which way you want. When the door is being closed, now the system is actually dispensing water, making ice, or whatever the case is. So the system is actually sitting on top of this bucket inside, which means mm -hmm. even if you're not taking ice, every time you're opening and closing, and closing the door, the door you're, you're going to trigger it? Trigger, which basically you're closing the door, so it's going to check the level. Do I need to dispose, dispense mm. more water or not, or whatever, uh -huh. right? And even if the ice is full, it's taking, taking kind of taking, the, taking information. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what's the solution? So in most of our models, we were able to deactivate entirely the, the ice, ice maker, maker altogether. Okay. altogether. In some of them, 
we cannot because it was kind of hardwired in a different way. So the, on a software level, we weren't able to, um, to bypass it. Exactly. So what we're saying is we're advising for people to manually deactivate it. But there's a difference between these two kinds of them. Because on some of them, we can just say, don't take out ice. And as long as you open a closed door, you're all good. You're fine. Okay. Exactly. And the other models is not just enough that you're not taking ice, but every time you open and close the door, so you have to actually manually deactivate before Shabbos every time when you open the closed door. How do you do that on a practical level? It could level? be some, just a button. Just a button? Yeah. Okay. Some of them can just mm -hmm. a button. Very simple. Very interesting. So that, that's a very uh, important uh, piece of information. I'm glad you touched it up. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a different, based on models and companies and such. I'd like to thank you again for our two previous conversations and for this one as well. Um, any final thoughts on this topic for our viewers? I think what I will wrap up is basically saying that even though that we might, maybe we left some details out, I think the goal in that conversation was just to open up the mind of people that, you mm -hmm. know, when you're walking into an appliance store, you're making a decision before Pesach or whatever time is to buy an appliance, think about it as like a piece of food, think about it like a piece of bread. Know what you want, um, look for certification, and again, ask a Shaila. And on a personal level, if you want to reach out to me with any questions and advice, I'm always available. Tisko Mitzvahs, really, thank you so much for, for this conversation, but really also for what you're doing for the Klal. You're helping inform, you're helping Yidin stay up to date with the advancements in the, in the world of technology. And so we appreciate your expertise and thank you again for taking the time to join us. My pleasure again. Thank you so much. And looking forward to continue working together on this. Topic.